What if I gave you three hours head start, you were in the woods and I have to find you? It's basically hide and go seek, but how would this shake out? Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown, and welcome to the first week of Game-tober. Yeah. I am Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And we will be your masters of ceremonies. We want to play a game. That's right. So we are going to kind of give like a little bit of an overview of what these sorts of death games are sort of about and do a little grab bag for this first week, a little bit of a deviation from past years of yeah. our themed months. Yeah, sort of. I wanted to actually look at this as a genre. I'm not really sure where it got in my head. It got mm. lodged a little bit in the last couple of years. Yeah. Where it's like, I've got such a fondness for these things. And you know what they are, right? You may not know the name death game as a genre, but I almost think that even that is because there are popular death game things. Is that what it's actually called, by the way? Sort of. Okay. If you like look up death games, it seems like among like a niche group of people that are interested in these things, that's yeah. the commonly accepted term. You've got slasher movies and you've got death games. Gotcha. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. But like, you know, we've looked in the past, I don't know what episode or anything, but like we looked at slasher yep. as a genre. We looked at found footage mm -hmm. as a genre. And as we were getting into Gametober, and part of it is that like I thought it would be fun for Gametober to literally just like be silly and wacky and get into and literally we're doing a, a thing we call the Demon Drive on Friday the 13th. Yep. At 7 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash GTTU pod. Mm -hmm. But like that's gonna be us hanging out. Right. Doing a few different like mini events during it with a live audience. So mm -hmm. join us, please, everybody yeah, out there listening or, or watching. And I wanted to literally play a game with our audience. Yes. And so around that, I started to really think about like, let's do death games. Yeah, it got it percolating. But then when I started researching death games, it seems like, and I'm sure that there are places that have done this, it it seems to me almost like there isn't as much attention or as analytical an eye mm -hmm. toward this specific subgenre the way that there is for possession movies yeah I or, mean, or hauntings probably right i haven't come across it yeah you never think about it and mm -hmm. yet everybody everybody knows what hun the hunger games right are right mm -hmm. um everybody especially in the last couple of years knows about squid game right which was like the biggest thing on the planet in the last couple of years mm -hmm. um and yet there it's so funny that they're like they haven't really been classified you just sort of know them as like People play yeah, a game and yep. sort of die. Yes. So I actually, I went ahead mm -hmm. and, I, and I did something. Okay. If, if I may. Would you buy a URL? No, 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 no. I, I, no, that, that I did not do. Although Will loves to buy a URL. If it were me a couple of years ago, I'm sure I would have. I'm yeah. sure I'd own four Death or five. Games. Yeah, deathgame.com. Yeah. No, I realized like I'm, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I've written a few things. Yeah. All right. Why not? Why can't I be the academic source of looking at these and trying to quantify them? Of course you can. And so I I Googled around. I looked at various different kinds of death games and I've come up with a few definitions. Okay, sweet. And subcategories. Yeah. You know, I love documentation. Yes. Love it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. So uh, check this out. <clears throat> death games. From looking at the broader death game subgenre of horror, I wrote, 
I was sort of surprised to find out it hasn't gotten as much attention as these other things. So I wrote down a list of movies and shows and games and started that I feel fit into the the death game subgenre of horror mm-hmm. and started trying to bucket them into different categories because we just reviewed Saw X right right on on, on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. I would call that a death game. Mm-hmm. People are put into a room and often they have like a contraption on their heads. Yeah. And they're given X number of minutes to try to escape it, usually through some sort of bodily dismemberment. Saw X number of minutes. Sure. And of course, Jigsaw himself says, I want to play a game. Like yeah. this is all couched as as if it's going it's to game. be some sort of an escape room type game. Right. But that game is vastly different from a Hunger Games type scenario. Yeah. Where it's like, what what is it? Like 24 kids put into a battle arena. Uh-huh. And they have to kill each other until but one survives. Those are both death games. Yeah. But you can't say they're the same type of story. So here's what I I, I got here to try to make sense of this as a genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, And bear in mind that, you know, this is mutable, changeable. Of course. If I'm being an academic here, I'm something of a scientist. Yeah, okay. If people point out that, you know, my categorization is wrong, we can always move those barriers. Mm -hmm. Let's try to, us, Guide to the Unknown. Sure. Let's try to make sense of this. Okay. So here's what I've uh, written down. Common themes of the death game. Morality, the twisting of societal norms, and punishment of sins. Yeah. And I've loosely bucketed different death game stories into the following categories. The tournament... The chase, and I like this one, it's the most flourishy, the machination. Oh, okay. Which itself is a pun, but we'll get there. Let's start with the tournament. Mm -hmm. And this is purely my analysis. Yes. Uh, The tournament is sort of a a rat race. It's player against player. Would the movie Rat Race fall into this? What is Rat Race? I don't know. It's from like the early 2000s, I think. Is that... (laughs) I think like DJ Qualls is in it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Hold> on. <laughs> Why? Why? Rat race. And only DJ Qualls? <laughs> Perhaps. Okay. Is it that thing where like Mr. Bean, everyone's like trying to it get It is from... Mr. Bean. I knew it. It is Mr. Bean. It's not DJ Qualls. I'm oh, not you, sure what I'm You mistook DJ I'm Qualls. Of road trip. Road trip. Yeah, you are thinking of road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That is a DJ Qualls vehicle. <laughs> Quite literally, I guess. Yes, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's Mr. Bean and John Cleese. Okay, and they have to get from like A to Z or something. Yeah, in, a, in an ensemble film about easy money, greed, manipulation, and bad driving, a Las Vegas casino tycoon entertains his wealthiest high rollers, a group that will bet on anything, by pitting six ordinary people against each other in a wild dash for $2 million jammed in a locker hundreds of miles away. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That may seem tangential. I was about to say, I <laughs> What really... you just did by reading the synopsis for a rat race. <laughs> by way of road trip. And yet, if people died periodically, that would perfectly fit yeah. my classification of the tournament, yeah. which I, I wrote down as player against player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- well, I will say that... <laughs> The only Jesus. rule in this race is that there are no rules. Oh, so people might die. So John Cleese and saying, Mr. Maybe. Bean might murder each other in this? Maybe. The tycoon and his wealthy friends monitor each racer's every move to keep track of their favorites. Yes. Okay, that's like... Whoopi's in it. Okay. Hey. All right. And Lovitz. Breck and Meyer. Okay, go ahead. Save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't believe anyone's ever seen that. 
So maybe people do die in it, maybe. for all we know. Maybe. Uh, so I wrote down that the tournament is the oldest mm-hmm. of all death games. Contestants are thrown into an arena, often against their will, and forced to do battle as some form of punishment, mm-hmm. some form of control from either like a government or a corporation, or simply for the entertainment of a viewing audience. Usually the contestants are on somewhat even footing and most often only one is intended to survive. Mm-hmm. So some examples of this I wrote down would be Squid Game, mm-hmm. the Hunger Games, which are literally like in the in the Hunger Games case, it's like two people from each district of 12 districts right. are forced to compete in the Hunger Games. Yes. Arguably, they all start on even footing, but like some kids from this district are like malnourished and yeah, it'll be the like kids the from over there. District versus like the protein district or the something. Soot. Like I wonder who's doing better. The soot district. <laughs> the protein district. Yeah, some of the kids, their culture is to train for the Hunger Games all their lives. Right. But it still is like everyone's being sacrificed into this arena, let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. And everybody sort of starts out and they run to try to get as many weapons as they can. Yeah. Uh, and then only one may find their way out. And just like Hunger Games, which is very, very similar, all the people in the Hunger Games are like, uh, did you look up anything about it? About the Hunger Games? Do you know anything about it? The Hunger Games? Oh, uh, Squid Game, Squid oh, Game, sorry. no, no. Um, it's all people that are like, horrendously in debt uh-huh. and the, the whole thing there's, there's like money dangling over their head if they only play in these games where any number of them might end up killed yeah but by the end of x number of games only one person should survive so it's a position of desperation and like some organizing body with all of this the logistical yeah. work to accomplish this is just putting their thumb on all these people. Right. Ryan watched it and I caught teeny bits and pieces. It's of it. so good. It seems Squid very game. upsetting. <laughs> that's your main point of resistance? <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose that's so not the dominating factor on that <laughs> show. Squid Game is outstanding. That is like. I'll probably get there in 10 years. Rightfully popular. About it. Yeah. yeah. But so I also wrote down for this, um, uh, for a few people, I'm just going to shout out a few different things. Mm-hmm. The Running Man which is a Stephen King story turned into an Arnold Schwarzenegger 80s silly game show with murder in it. Okay. Death Race, um, Battle Royale, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people pointed to as like, maybe Hunger Games stole from Battle Royale. Right. Um, And the Gladiator Games. Mm -hmm. Way back in ancient Rome, I wrote this down as maybe like the earliest death game. Uh And I looked into Gladiator Games a little bit and found my eyes glazing over because it was very yeah very complicated and I see that. had a lot of latin words yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i did my best but maybe, maybe we'll get to talking about the gladiator ga- gladiator games themselves but the point is fine if we didn't the point is this subgenre is a tournament person against person yeah yep so now the next categorization i came up with the chase it's a game of cat and mouse mm. instead of a bunch of different competitors on arguably even footing, mm-hmm. although we agree it's often uneven. Right. The whole thing here is that the victim or victims are stalked by a murderous hunter trying to find them and kill them. The hunter or hunters often have weaponry and technology that tips the odds in their own favor. Yeah. So this is very much like player versus aggressor. Right. Run and hide. Mm-hmm. Try to survive. And so for this, I wrote down Ready or Not, mm-hmm. which is a very recent example from the team that did Saw 5 and Saw 6. Yep. Um, uh, which is all about like playing a deadly game of hide and seek against this wealthy family who are mm-hmm. inept 
and yet they have all the weapons and this bride character just yeah. has to try to hide and scavenge materials to maybe fight back. Yeah. Um, Predator, mm -hmm. which I think is a weird thing for a death game discussion, but I think is correct because it's all about this alien hunter that comes to our planet to try to have the best time hunting the most physically interesting humans. Really? Yeah. The best time? It seems like it's for sports. Yeah, it's just for fun. Yeah. Huh. So like, I've and that's Predator. also really Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if I can jam Arnold Schwarzenegger into my last one too. Maybe he can be in all of these. <laughs> Maybe. And, you know, if if the last one I had the Gladiator games as like the, the like pinnacle of that genre. Yeah. Like it's just person against person in an arena and in all likelihood only one walks out alive. Mm -hmm. For the chase, I wrote down the most dangerous game. Mm hmm do you know anything about the most dangerous game? Not really. It's pretty interesting. I, I had never read the story before, and I, I just read it for mm -hmm. this show. Uh, it is about a guy that's a big game hunter himself. And like game, just as a word in this context, is like, yeah. I, I actually, maybe I should have looked up the etymology of using it this way. Like, it's not game like you're playing a game, I don't think. It's game as in. It's like a noun. Yeah, you're yeah. hunting big game. You're right. hunting a rhino mm -hmm. or something like that. But is that. Is it intended to be game as in like fun pursuit? I don't know. Do you ever use that? Not about like an animal playing a game. I mean, I know that it's man. Here, you would say like, that their food is a little gamey. I think that's still saying like it's animal. -y. It's animal. -y. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But so I think it's for animal, but I do want. Yeah. I wonder if it's because people Maybe thought of animal. I guess still do or whatever. But like think about animals for for sport for game. Yeah, maybe, or maybe. Yeah, but so the most dangerous game is about this guy who hunts animals, and then his yacht, like, is is dashed against some rocks, mm -hmm. and he wakes up washed on the shore of a private island, that is owned and run by General Zaroff. Oh, with a Z. Nice. It's referenced in Zodiac because Zodiac perhaps referenced the most dangerous game in his letters. Yep. And uh, General Zaroff is like, I know you. Why, you're uh, uh, Hugo Rainsford, the uh -huh. famed hunter. Wow, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, this is an island where I hunt all the time. And they have this <laughs> awesome conversation where he's like, yeah, I don't hunt normal things. <laughs> it's like they like beat around the bush yeah, yeah, yeah. for such a long time. It's a story from like 1927 or yeah. something like that. Is the guy getting it? Is he picking up what Zarf is putting down? Oh, yeah. 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 He's like, what? What do you do? So what, do you have like tigers? And he goes, no, not tigers. Ugh. I used to hunt tigers, but they started to get too predictable to me. I live for the hunt. I love to hunt. Oh and so God. I decided to invent my own animal. Oh, my God. And he goes, what do you mean invent? Invent your own animal. And bit by bit, you realize that General Zaroff is way out of his mind. Uh-huh. And he lives on, this island is called, colloquially, Ship Trap Island. It's dangerous to sail near. And so, periodically, people wash up on General Zaroff's shores. He treats them very well. gives them all the food they could like want. the island of Dr. Moreau. And he even gives them three hours head start before oh he God. walks out trying to hunt them. He has a room where he displays their heads. And so he's saying to this guy Rainsford, he's like, now that you're here, and I know you're a fellow famous hunter, I'm a bit older than you, but you're pretty good. Why don't you join me for a hunt tomorrow morning? Uh -huh. I've got some people down below that are being trained for the hunt. God. And Rainsford doesn't, he's like, that's murder. You're yeah. insane. And this is murder. And so General Zaroff bit by bit feels insulted and gets a better idea. Wouldn't it be more exciting to hunt another hunter? Mm-hmm. 
And so now Rainsford is going to be the prey. Yeah. It's, it's very fun. And it's almost like this weird morality play of like a hunter who finds himself turned into the prey. Yeah. And like, how does it feel? Does he learn a lesson through this? But it, it's a, it's a death game. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a one-on-one, mm-hmm. but, and it does fit into what I'm calling the chase, this cat yeah. and mouse, uneven fighting. Right. And then the last one that I'm very proud of the title of, it's very pretentious. Machinations. The Machination. <laughs> and it, it, and, it, and the, the meaning of it is twofold. It's player against mysterious mastermind. Mm-hmm. Unwitting participants find themselves in a trap. Almost like surprised to realize, oh my God, I guess I'm in a game now. Yeah. Often orchestrated by a secretive mastermind. So check this out. Here's what I put into... The Machination, which Mm -hmm. I also call the hamster ball. Okay. Saw, Mm -hmm. right? You just wake up in a room. I've got a trap on my head. What's going on? The trap may be my immediate problem. Right. But why am I here? What's going on? Somebody did this. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the the word play for Machination. One, there's a mysterious overlord who's schemed Machination. And two, there's a lot of machinery. William. I was very proud of that. I think that's pretty good. You're doing beautifully. If I'm trying, I feel like you should write this up and put it somewhere. I agree. If yeah. I'm trying to be like an academic and look at this, I feel like machination is actually the kind of wordplay that could get me into like um, Collier's magazine. <laughs> I think probably. What's another publication that hasn't been around for decades? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could win the. No, this this happens. I would say you could win the the Hasty Pudding Award from Harvard or whatever. <laughs> the Snowy Little Pudding Man. Do you know what I'm talking award. about? Yeah, they give somebody that every yeah. year, I think. Uh, so I put I put saw in here. Escape room. Mm-hmm. This is a little silly, and again, this is where it's like there's wishy washiness here a little bit. Truth or dare? Remember that Blumhouse movie? I never saw it, but I do. Kids yeah. play a game of Truth or Dare, and then it turns out there's a demon behind it all. Right. I would argue that that is unwittingly putting yourself into a hamster ball, putting yourself in that. a trap, and you sort of have to riddle out. Yeah, you don't know that you're playing a game with the demon. Exactly, whatever, until it's too they late. they they're playing it with you. So now what? Yeah. Right? My beloved Lucy Hale is in that, I think, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. All right. The last Pretty two, I think, liars. the last two, I think, are accurate, but are going to be surprising Uh-oh. that I put in here. Clue. No, I was thinking that while you were talking about it. People yeah. show up to a dinner party, and this right. is like classy stuff. Mm-hmm. People show up to a fancy dinner party only to find out that they have all been brought here for a reason. Yeah. The puzzle box, the hamster ball, is the house. Right. And then by that logic, and then there were none. Well, and also, may I say real quick, you're right, the hamster, the machine that they're in is the house. The machination is coming from... Mr. Body. Mr. Body, yeah. And in, and then there were none. Mm-hmm. Who is the yeah. person who's brought us here to judge all of our sins? And it's being communicated through a nursery rhyme. Yeah. All that stuff, like, that's this death game. Yeah, totally. You know? It's mm-hmm. a larger-than-life situation. You don't know who's responsible. It's yeah. almost like got a whodunit angle. Yeah. So yeah. those are the three. The tournament, mm-hmm. which is a rat race. It's player against player until only one is left standing. Again, generally for all these. Yeah. The chase cat and mouse mm-hmm. we are up against somebody who out numbers us out weaponry you know they, yeah. they've got the tools to chase us we've got nothing mm-hmm. and the machination yeah. where am i what's going on who's responsible i think this is brilliant those are the three i think this is wonderful will and i do think that they could almost slide into each other right mm-hmm. like they're 
10 Saw movies at this point. Maybe individual traps might fall into different categories. I don't know. But the overall picture of it is a machination. Yeah, totally. Um, That's awesome. So there are other death game things that exist. And and the the interesting thing is I found a bunch of channels on YouTube. There's one that I I got like addicted to watching. I'm very Mm -hmm. addicted to YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's called How to Beat. And uh, the person who runs How to Beat literally goes, like it'll say like, How to Beat. Uh, the Hunger Games. Yeah. And it'll be like, this is the person, this is Katniss, here's the situation that she's in, here's the first thing that she ran up against and here's what she did. Mm -hmm. What she should have done was this other thing. Yeah. Like he almost like, he almost like uh, hindsight is 2020s it. Yeah. And goes like, if she wanted to be smarter and conserve energy and resources, she should have actually let all the other people walk ahead and right. risk their own safety. Yeah, it's stuff that like they couldn't have known. But yes. as an outside observer who has now seen the totality of the story, yes. you can see. But it's it's very, very entertaining. Yeah, and because of that channel, cool. because of How to Beat, mm-hmm. I've now found all these other death game stories that I didn't even know existed. Oh, nice. This appears to be a relatively popular genre in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found out about things called like uh, Alice in Borderland, Yes. You've yes. heard of that? I have because I, it's it's on Netflix and I think it just got renewed for another season or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh it's like everybody sort of like wakes up in a I don't know if it's literally like Alice in Wonderland where it's you're transported somewhere. I don't know. It was one of those things where uh what is this called? Confirmation bias. Like ever since we decided to do this as a topic, I just keep seeing yeah. essentially death game things. I think also there were a lot of death game um articles and listicles because of Saw X coming out last probably, week. Probably, yeah. Um, I'm sure that's also probably partly why I'm interested. Yeah, totally. But I would say in the last couple of weeks, I just keep seeing these things. And I think they're things that I might not normally pay attention to, like Alice in Borderlands. I just haven't seen or heard of that before, so I just skim by it. Yeah. But something about like the subheader said something about it being gamey. So I yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, another one called As the Gods Will, mm-hmm. which goes ahead and just gets real wacky. Like one of the things that almost all the death games I talk to you about have in common is that they are relatively based in reality. Uh-huh. You know, like Jigsaw is ridiculous, but somebody could it put could a trap happen. on your head. You're right, yeah, right. exactly. Uh, this movie, As the Gods Will, is like students are visited by basically like a Matryoshka doll Mm -hmm. that is talking to them Uh and like yelling at them and berating them. And then like (laughs) a giant robot cat will eat them if it sees them. Oh boy. Unless they dress up like mice. Like it takes the game aspect and dials it up where it doesn't even have to be realistic. Yeah. But still all the people are like, what should we do? Right. What's the smartest move next? Yeah. But it doesn't have any foot in reality. Mm -hmm. And I actually kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so I want to take a look at a, at, at a handful, Sure, not many actual death game stories just to talk them out, especially if they fit sort of like my pillar yeah. structure. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned, uh, gladiator games and I'll, I'll make it super duper brief, mm-hmm. but they, they ran depending on your source. Cause I found a lot of conflicting information about the gladiator games. Yeah. Um, uh, one of them said that they ran from about a hundred BC to about 400 AD, which is approximately like 500, 600 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got an incredibly complicated backstory, but here's the weirdest part of it. What like, what would you say you know about the gladiators? Nothing, nothing. I know about the commercial starring Britney Spears, Pink, and Beyonce, and I know the Russell Crowe movie. What's the what's the commercial? Go ahead. Oh, it was a Pepsi commercial where they, they enter the arena and they're singing We Will Rock You, weirdly. 
and like yeah. you know drinking Pepsi to fuel up for their warrior game or whatever. What 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 about it is what about it is gladiatorial? They're entering an arena and they're dressed like gladiators. They don't fight or do anything. They just walk in and drink Pepsi. Hmm, I kinda, I don't know. Sounds flimsy. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I, I bet something else happens. There yeah. might be like a, a CGI lion or something, maybe. Okay. I don't really think so, though. All right. Well, <laughs> you sort of got something there because it yeah. seems like a lot. It seems like the gladiator games, there's this whole concept of uh, bread and circuses in mm -hmm. ancient Rome. It's Or like, I mean, people still use it today, this phrase, which is like all the people really need is technically enough food to get by. And enough distractions so they don't realize how kind of shitty life is. Uh -huh, yeah, right? yeah. So in ancient Rome, they had all of these. It was called like the ludi. They uh -huh. had basically like festivals and parties and and games. Yeah, happening constantly. It uh -huh. seems. And so the gladiator games were like a bunch of different kinds of games. One of yeah. them would be man against beast, mm -hmm. which still sort of happens today in bullfighting. If you yeah. think about it. So was it, was a line involved in that? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Not, not 100% of the time, mm -hmm. but the, the thing that I would have said about gladiators is that it is kind of like a battle Royale kind of thing. Like two people walk in, they get to pick some form of weaponry, mm -hmm. fight to the death. Only one right. person comes out. The weird thing is that, uh, evidently it was so special like sporting mm -hmm. some people were forced into it like slaves would be forced into right. it or prisoners mm -hmm. would be like publicly executed as a form of entertainment right um but they were also so popular that there was money to be made mm -hmm. either from betting or just to get as much spectacle as possible so there were literally like athletes who would train and then volunteer to be in gladiatory like gladi gladiator games yeah to make money and there would be like agents. Yeah, they're like they're like sports people. Yeah, it was like UFC yeah. fighting or, or or something like that. And because of that, mm -hmm. not every single gladiator game ended with death mm -hmm. because you don't want to. You want your guy to be able to, to play back. in multiple games. Yeah, because so they could have fans and stuff. There would just be some form of uh, elimination. Right. Um, weirdly, it seems like the gladiator games. And it's highly disputed, but it seems like it. They almost started as part of a funeral process, hmm. like. To honor the person who died, these two people will now fight. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Weird. But that's sort of like the nascent beginning. And the death of it is Christianity. <laughs> Christianity starts to sweep. They view all the gladiator stuff as pagan and worshiping old gods uh -huh. and human sac sacrifice stuff. And yeah. so bit by bit, the gladiator that games are gradually snuffed out. I have an update on the Gladiator game that I brought up. Thank God. The Pepsi commercial. Number one, I forgot that Enrique Iglesias is there too as some sort of like emperor looking down over them. What happens, by the way, it's three minutes long because it was a Super Bowl commercial. So there was like an extended version. Right. Um, it's basically pink Britney Spears and Beyonce coming out and just like hyping up this crowd, it seems like. And Enrique Iglesias seems very annoyed by this. Like he's not liking that the crowd is liking them. And there's some Pepsi for them so they can drink that and like keep up their energy or whatever. whatever. And then somehow it looks like Enrique Iglesias is basically ejected from his like king seat and he lands in the arena and then um a lion comes out so it's implied that the lion is going to eat enrique iglesias okay and britney spears beyonce and christina aguilera pink, pink mm -hmm. are going to escape yeah reversing their roles right they were forced to battle a lion for people's entertainment but the pepsi 
I guess involved in them, them. Yeah. to launch Enrique Iglesias mm-hmm. into a lion's mouth. They must have had an ally somewhere up there with they Enrique must have. Iglesias yeah. because they were in the arena, and yet he seemed to have just been thrown from his. Maybe we can reboot this commercial into a series to explore who The Apprentice was. I would love to do that. Yes. Maybe it's his, oh God, who's his famous tennis player girlfriend, Anna something. It's fine. Who's Rico Suave? I think that's just a character from an 80s song. It'd be like, Rico Suave. Okay. Maybe the guy singing it is named Rico Suave. I bet. I bet. I bet that's what was going on. Yeah. So let me just confirm while you were uh, watching that commercial, uh, how much of what I was saying did you you hear? I heard it. If I, if I, no, don't give me a, if I assigned a test to you right now (laughs) and the stakes were life or death, there is a movie that's like this. I think it's called exam. Uh, would you survive? No. You don't know what I was just saying? No. You? Okay. I kind of do. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, that, that explains why I felt so alone <laughs> for a few minutes there. You see, William, you are stuck in my machination. Yes. I, I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to, to another type. This was actually suggested by uh, one of our listeners, Maggie. Mm-hmm. We, we record live yep. uh, most Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. And Maggie suggested looking at Russian roulette. Right, right. Which I think fits the death game thing, but I don't know if it fits any of my categories. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess that's true. So uh, R- Russian roulette, if you didn't know, mm-hmm. is a quote-unquote game yeah. where a revolver, a gun has some combination of live and empty chambers. Mm-hmm. Like live bullets and empty chambers. Right. And the players take turns shooting at someone else or more often themselves. Mm-hmm. So you literally put like one bullet in the chamber, spin the chamber on this reviver, revolver, and a reviver, <laughs> opposite of a reviver. Yeah. And it makes this satisfying fidget spinner whirring sound. I, know. I then, always like it when they do that. I know. It's, mm-hmm. it's very fancy looking. Yeah. And then you fire it and the the theory is you have a one in six chance yeah. of it being a real bullet when you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So I looked into it a little bit because the topic almost makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. But it, it's interesting. The term itself was coined by a writer, George Serdez, in a short story for Collier's Magazine, hmm. which was titled Russian Roulette. So... This seems to be the earliest time that anybody has documentation of the the name of the game, Russian Roulette. Yeah. Although it has been the game, like like the odds of mm-hmm. a bullet being in the chamber might go back to an 1840 story called The Fatalist. Mm. But I want to look at this story, Russian Roulette, because it seems like this almost kicked off a chain of events. Yeah. It's an interesting story. I found it online. I read the story. Um, and here's, here's what's going on. It's presented as a letter written by a soldier named Hugo Feldheim who is asking for advice. A superior of his, Sergeant Bukowski, has died, Mm -hmm. and he needs advice on how to break the news of the death. Uh, Bukowski was a gambler who bet on just about everything, but he also knew about a way old game. Quote, this is from the story. He told me all about it. When he was in the Russian army around 1917 and things were cracking up, Their officers felt that they were not only losing prestige, money, family, and country, but were also dishonored before their colleagues of the Allied armies. Some officers would suddenly pull out his revolver anywhere. At the table, in a cafe, at a gathering of friends, remove a cartridge, remove one bullet, Mm -hmm. spin the cylinder, snap it back into place, put it to his head and pull the trigger. There were five chances to one. 
that the hammer would set off a live cartridge and blow his brains all over the place. Sometimes it happened, sometimes not. When it did, there was nothing more that could be said or done. When it didn't, the fellow waited another day. Boy. It's intense. Yeah. And remember, this is, a, what, a 1927 story, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something like that. It feels very early to be saying Yikes. blow brains out. I know. It's very intense forget. language. Yeah, that people, like, were still people and might have talked like that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so Burkowski, remember, is telling this story to this, this other officer, Feldheim. Yeah. And he says, you'll never understand the thrill of it. He says, as he removes a bullet, spins the chamber, and click, nothing happens. Adrenaline junkie, eh? I guess so. Through the winter, Burkowski does this periodically, it seems. <laughs> Every so often when things seem desperate, Man. he pulls a gun out, removes one bullet, spins the chamber, puts it to his head, and click, it never goes off. So, Is there just something wrong with his gun? One night, Hugo Feldheim says something about how lucky this guy Burkowski has been that the gun has never shot. Yeah. I think he just came into some money. Somebody died. And so he's like, good thing that you're, you never shot. Uh-huh. And so Burkowski almost takes it like a dare. Yeah. Yeah. Or a challenge. It was the wrong thing to say to Burkowski. Uh-huh. So Uh-oh. lucky. So Burkowski puts some money on the table, removes five bullets from the gun, leaving only one mm-hmm. in place, snaps it shut, spins the cylinder. And then, uh, they have a debate and I love this debate. I love this debate. Feldheim says, don't fire that gun. Mm-hmm. Even though there's only one bullet in the pistol, this is the time yeah. that it's going to shoot. And I know for a fact. And Burkowski essentially is like, oh, really? Prove it. Why? So Feldheim says, I always just figured that when you removed the one bullet and you spun the chamber, you spun it the same way every single time. Mm-hmm. And maybe even subconsciously, you let it rest Stopped it with your thumb or snapped it into place yeah. with the empty chamber pointed yeah. up. And so it was never, it was never had a, had a live bullet in it because you subconsciously spun it the same every single time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Burkowski says, no, 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 no. It's completely random. It's almost like he's trying to reassure himself of his worldview. Right. No, it's always been random. I've always been brave. It's always been a thrill, whatever. Uh-huh. And he goes, uh, Besides, th- this time, even if I did reflexively stop it, because remember, he left the one this time. So right. Feldheim's point is, if you spin it the same way, and I think you did, you're going to stop it where it's the one bullet. Mm-hmm. So uh, Burkowski goes, no, 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 no. The weight will be different because there's a different amount of bullets in it. And Feldheim goes, I don't think the weight is enough to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so Burkowski doubles his money, puts it on the table, makes the bet even higher, pulls the, the gun Puts it to his head and click. He's fine. Ah. He's fine. But that night, Burkowski comes to Feldheim and admits something. While they were talking and having their debate, he sort of anxiously and nervously spun the chamber another couple of clicks. Uh Uh-huh. Hoping to maybe make it random, but maybe almost caving and being like spinning it away from the bullet. Yeah. If Feldheim was correct. Yeah. And so he gives Feldheim all his money back. And starts, and quote unquote, uh, oh, it says Burkowski was ashamed. He mumbled a lot about having been a gentleman. I told him not to be crazy, to forget it. And he was. Uh, and he was after me for two hours trying to get me to, to do the bet all over again. I refused. They go their separate ways. But later that night, Feldheim is alone in his bunk when he hears bang. And uh-huh. he assumes that 
Burkowski played the game alone, uh-huh. maybe trying to prove something to himself. But the coded of the story is he went into the room, found Burkowski, examined the weapon. There were five bullets in all the chambers. Every chamber was loaded. Oh. And so it's just... So he just... Yeah. Yeah. And the story ends with him saying, uh, I hope you can tell me how to arrange this story so it may satisfy the authorities. It's not quite clear to me whether it would be right to reveal that he had shot himself for cheating. On the other hand, have I the right to falsify an official report? Respectfully yours, Hugo Feldheim, Sergeant, 3rd Foreign Infantry. Hmm. And it's an interesting story. Yeah. It's interesting that like it's both forms of Russian roulette in the origin. Yeah, yeah. One bullet or only one empty chamber. Right. And that it ends not even with the premise of Russian roulette, but almost like, I don't know, any number yeah. of comments on on the type of person who would play Russian roulette, I suppose. Right. Um, so is it written all like that? Like it's it's a letter written to mm-hmm. whoever? Yeah. It's a recollection from the perspective of Hugo Feldheim mm-hmm. asking somebody to help him yeah. explain the story properly. Cool. But the weird thing is that Wikipedia then goes on and they have a list of notable examples of people playing or dying from Russian roulette. Mm -hmm. And it's not as short as you hope it would be. Mm. Um, A standout for me that was really surprising. It must've been very challenging. Alan Cumming went on to one of those shows. That's like, where do you come from? Uh Go back in your family's history and learn about your past. When he found out that his grandfather, Tommy Darling uh, was explained as having an amazing name, Alan Cumming and Tommy Darling the chances Uh, incredibly odd what a family i know he was always explained as having died while cleaning a gun Mm -hmm. he died playing russian roulette oh wow there are there are a lot of people and i specifically sort of looked and it's like after the story was published Mm -hmm. i mean that that seems to be maybe that's just when the attention started on this game i I don't know but like is the starting point of people starting to play this game yeah Maybe, yeah, maybe kind of created a boom. Maybe. And so it obviously like famously has appeared in things like Deer Hunter with uh, Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. which I don't think I can watch. It's been parodied, par- par- the, 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 yeah. parodied in a million things. It was on, um, not Wet Hot American Summer. I don't know it's always about it. sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they play Russian roulette and they're all sweating and. Uh-huh. It looks so desperate and dirty and gross. We, you and I looked at pictures of it after the show last week and it did look gross. Yeah, it's just a, a, a nightmare. But so Russian yeah. roulette, I think it technically fits into the death game genre. Yeah. It's almost as small as like the end of Jigsaw specifically, mm-hmm. where he's like, this game is simple. The best ones are. Right. It's like one gun, <laughs> two people, figure it out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, I don't know. It's so desperate and small. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know where it would fit in my qualification or if it needs to stand alone. Right. Does the cheese stand alone? I think the cheese might. Or is it technically part of the tournament idea? It's person against person. Mm, yeah, I, I guess it is. I don't know. I don't know. You can fudge it, I'm sure. But I guess it is. It's very strange yeah. and very morbid, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the darkest things we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, I'll conclude uh, my portion here by just telling you uh, the the last of the stuff about the most dangerous game that I really enjoyed. Okay, great. So wait, is this the portion about everything all together? Like, are you going through all of your sections or what? Not really, right? Because okay. I didn't I didn't really know where Russian Roulette would fit, but gotcha. it seemed like like I wanted to look at some of the oldest 
death game stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why the gladiator was there. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I really, I tried to figure out like, what's the earliest form of this. Yeah. And it's a real life example, not a pop culture one that there were these tournaments where people died for sport. Yeah. You know? And then, um, uh, Russian roulette, Maggie brought it up last week. I was like, yeah, that fits as well. But it's, uh, uh, I guess, oddly, it is part of real life. I was actually kind of, I was excited at first to find out that it came from a short story. Uh-huh. So I was like, I love that things come back to fiction and mm-hmm. storytelling and people being clever and, and creative yeah. in, in, in entertaining people. But then did it creep into real life? Right. And then the most dangerous game I thought of as just like another like, almost like pinnacle of classic literature or something like mm-hmm. that that has informed this genre for decades since. Yeah. But I don't I don't know that they really did. I don't think I have anything. Nothing fell into. Oh, no, I do have Cat and Mouse. Most dangerous game I'll tell you about. Mm-hmm. I think the only one I didn't tell you about might be The Machination. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, that you were going category, category by category, kind of. Yeah, not, not, not quite. Not the, as such. The categories thing is almost like... When I realized, like, I don't think anyone's really looked at this. Yeah, yeah. So, where I, where I left off telling you about it before, General Zaroff was like, I'm going to hunt you, right. other hunter, Rainsford. By the way, this was also in Collier's magazine. Oh, I've never heard of Collier's before tonight. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> like, I was like, what is this publication where, yeah. like, all these things are coming from? This is right. very weird. Um, but so, uh, Rainsford tries to outwit and, like, climb a tree and leave false uh-huh. trails and stuff like that. But then he's, I would bury myself in a hole and just die to <laughs> cover it up. <laughs> I'd find some way I'd like, I don't know, make some sort of giant straw out of. Oh, leaves. to breathe. Yeah. OK. It's <laughs> like to, to suck, yeah. <laughs> suck mud. That's that's how I dig the hole. You sucking mud out there? I suck mud. <laughs> <laughs> Patooey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Good idea. Thank well, you. Maybe we can play this. Right? Yeah, that'd be You can play a non-death version of these death games. Like, it would be... What if I gave you three hours head start, you were in the woods and I have to find you? It's basically hide-and-go-seek, but how would this shake out? Because I ain't ain't no hunter, and you ain't no... Hider. Hider. No, I'd need to be much more physically adept. I would want to just, like, scale a tree. It would probably be more interesting with us in our current forms. (laughs) That's true. Like, how useless we both are. I would just feel like hiding behind a log or something. Yeah, yeah. What else would I do? And I would check behind like some other logs and be like, this is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> I don't know. Or I'd bury myself in just leaves and then I'd turn and I'd see like a little buggy next to me and be like, <laughs> and give myself away. Give yourself away. Yeah. Or pull a pita from the Hunger Games and try to paint your face like a cake. That is so funny. So stupid. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So dopey. I know. So, so actually, the, what Rainsford does when he's being hunted, he climbs up this tree and just kind of hopes. That's what I wish I could do. And then he hears General Zaroff coming and mm-hmm. he looks down and General Zaroff is standing at the base of the tree. Oh, God. And starts to just look up. And it's totally clear that he's toast. He's been yeah. found. He's going to be killed right now. Right. But General Zaroff just sort of starts chuckling to himself and turns around and walks away. Oh. It's like, he's toying with me. Yeah, yeah. He he found me so easily. Uh-huh. He's giving me a shot at doing better. The whole thing is also well, like... He's buried like, himself. You've got... a leaf straw. <laughs> yeah, a leaf straw. He, he's got three days. If he survives three days, he can escape. Uh-huh. Nobody ever has before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile. So anyway, the, the, the hunting continues and Rainsford actually does a decent job. He uses a... A type of trap that sort of injures Zaroff. He like injures Zaroff's shoulder by using a melee man catcher. Wow. He also That's rigs what they a. Used to call me. 
the melee man catcher. <laughs> yeah. They all, he also rigged a knife on a spring that ends up getting General Zaroff's like little toady assistant uh-huh. man, but not Zaroff himself. And it all culminates with like their face to face basically and Rainsford just in a last mad dash runs and jumps off this cliff by the water. Uh-huh. And so General Zaroff is like, oh, well, I guess the hunt is over. Yeah. That's disappointing. And he goes home and he makes himself dinner and he thinks about how hard it's going to be to replace his toady assistant who died. And he's more, more than anything, he's a little disappointed that his fellow hunter yeah. gave up on the, the fight. And he goes to bed and Rainsford jumps out <laughs> and goes, like, have at you, Zaroff. I'm still your quarry. And... <laughs> And Zaroff looks at him. This sounds awesome. It is It is pretty awesome. It's also yeah. in the public domain, which is ah. interesting. 1920. Uh, he, General Zaroff um, ends up looking at him and realizing, like, yeah, the game is still on, huh? Yeah. And his reaction to, like, Murder Man snuck into my bedroom at night is, Splendid! <laughs> one of us will furnish a repast for the hounds. Meaning one of us will be food for my dogs. Uh The other will sleep on this very excellent bed. On guard, Ransford. And the last line of the story is, he had never slept in a better bed, Ransford decided. Nice. So the, he killed General Zaroff. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess slept in the bed for sure. And I guess fed him to his dogs. I guess. So that's. I hope not. Did he go as crazy as the. the Will this continue? You know? But that's the most dangerous game, which I think was very influential. Uh huh. Um, And so those are those are at least three death games. Yeah. Three classic old death games, a mix of real life stuff and fiction stuff. It's very strange. Yeah. That's awesome. It's fun. Sweet. Well, we've got a game afoot ourselves. Yeah, we do. Yeah, over on patreon.com slash gttupod. That's where you can go if you'd like to help support the show and get a bunch of really cool bonus stuff in return. For example, we actually have a whole second weekly podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every single Monday. And if you join us at our demon level, then you get all of those episodes. And then we have other tiers that you can check out where you can get episodes either monthly or by weekly you can just see what kind of fits you yep it also gets you access to our discord yep so you can chat with other like-minded folks about all this freaky deaky stuff that we enjoy so much it's slamming the discord is so nice people are talking every day yeah and it's very cool uh the most recent episode of the netherworld dispatch by the way is i mentioned it before our review of saw x Mm -hmm. we saw saw X. x That's right. And uh, we had a lot to say. Our, our, our entire conversation is almost 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, and and uh, Saw is always one of those franchises that, like, I don't know, I stare at it. Gets those gears turning, just like does. those twisted pictures gears at the beginning. You're right. Yeah. Yes, it's true, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, go check that out. It's episode 129, meaning that there's, I mean, so many shows. Yeah. And literally, the second you sign up, you unlock all of them and mm-hmm. whatever fits your tier going forward. So check it out. Patreon.com slash GTTUpod. Uh, we've also got a new review this week. It's a shorty. It's a sweetie. It's from Listening Lola, yeah. who says, love. It's always fun, and I love the energy they bring. Five stars. Thank you, Listening Lola. That's so nice. And since it was so short and sweet, I'll just remind you all, put it on your calendar, and you can see our schedule. We've got everything up on our social media now. 
the Demon Drive, our, our live evening hangout on Friday the 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash gttupod. Follow at gttupod on all social media. We're going to hang out. We're going to play some games together. Yeah. We're going to play some games against each other. Mm-hmm. We'll play games with you and against the two of us. Right. And all you need is your phone yeah. to play these games. It's true. So you're all good. And we're going to watch Night of the Living Dead, which yes. I still haven't checked if we're going to get flagged for, but I'll check it. Okay. But it's going to be like, I feel like it's going to be a fun evening. We're going to play some clips from our Patreon yep. that have never been out of the vault mm-hmm. before. Um, uh, it'll be a good time with us. I feel like it's almost going to be like a pizza party night. Yeah, definitely. Like we'll rent a movie. We'll yeah. play some games. Maybe we'll get some pizza. Maybe we'll get some pizza. It'll yeah. be a damn good time. So definitely. come hang out with us for the 2023 Demon Drive, Friday the 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash pod. Oh, yeah. And also, um, follow us online at GTTUPod because we have up the Gametober schedule just in case you want to know what movies we're going to be watching this month so you can watch along with us. You can find them over there. That's right. And, and you'll I, be all set. Actually, along those lines, maybe I'll just go ahead and say them real Please. quick. So we're going to take a look next week at The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. The week after that is going to be Clue. And we're going to conclude Gametober with Escape Room, right. which is like... The gamiest modern game, death yeah. game, murder game, game. Have you seen that game game? I saw, Hallie and I saw Escape Room 1 in theaters mm-hmm. and came away from it being like, that was pretty good. Oh, nice. And also I'm a big fan of Escape Rooms and it's also, totally. I, I just kind of can't wait to talk about Escape Rooms. Yeah, yeah. You know? Of course. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I'll be curious to get your thoughts. And I have mm-hmm. not seen Escape Room 2. Yeah. I, I do not know. Uh, but so that's the that's the calendar. Hunger Games, Clue, and Escape Room. Yep. Um, and, uh, on Patreon, we're going to be doing some, uh, obviously we did Saw X. Mm-hmm. We're going to play some Fortnite on the next episode. Yep. Some, uh, Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to Friday the 13th, the game. Yeah. And, uh, it's plenty cool other, uh, the Netherworld Dispatch gets pretty shenanigan heavy. Yeah. We're going to look at some garbage next week, I think. Ooh, some yeah. real trash. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that. But so that's, Absolutely. that's Gametober this month. Yeah. Happy to have you. Totally. All right. So I'm going to take us on home by telling you all about the movie Battle Royale. Yes. Which is uh, generously kind of called inspiration for The Hunger Games, or The Hunger Games is kind of a ripoff of it, basically. What, uh, what do you think? I didn't look into it terribly far, I got to tell you. Like but the there, comparisons? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but I mean, there are certainly things in Battle Royale that like are exactly what happened in The Hunger Games. Yeah. So it, it could be a coincidence. I could not. I really don't know. Um, but so I haven't seen this movie. Um, I watched some clips and trailers and stuff like that. Uh, it doesn't look like it's for me. No, I think it would gross you out. Yeah, it just looks like really gross and <laughs> seems like a bummer. Like, I I mean, I've said this before, but just very quick recap if somebody doesn't know or something. Doesn't really matter. But I don't really like gore. I like all these horror movies and everything. But if it's too gross... Um, I'm just like squinting the whole time. Like I've seen obviously all the Saw movies and I just like don't look at the gross parts. It's so funny because that that stuff doesn't really bother me. The stuff that gets to me is like the human desperation or the insurmountable odds. How about that? Yeah. Any one of these things where it's like you're not getting off this island. It's that as well for me. I wouldn't watch something like that without the gore. Yeah. So for them to be both together just is very unpleasant for little Chrissy. So I haven't seen it, but I understand that it's like super beloved. Mm -hmm. Um, So Will suggested that I I look into it without having to actually watch it. And then we'll have covered it. 
Um, so it's adapted from a book of the same name, and the movie came out in the year 2000. And here is the very basic plot. There are obviously things about it that I didn't include that aren't as gamey. Okay. Um, that are about kind of like the relationships between each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things like that. I just wanted to kind of cover the game stuff. So basically, the Japanese government passes something called the BR Act. So the Battle Royale Act. That's pretty on the nose. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess you may as well just call it what it is. I guess, yeah. I mean, the Hunger Games are just called the Hunger Games. So, right. Yeah, whatever. Right. Uh, that aims to lower the number of delinquents in the country by having them face off to the death over the course of three days and only one survivor is allowed to make it out, or, out alive. The rules huh. of this game. Yes. Kill each other. Guaranteed, question mark, only one person will make it out alive, and the game masters have created a fail-safe using these electric collars that they have them have. Right. So, given this, I guess that this falls into the tournament yeah, sort of. Yeah, I, I think it's handily the tournament yeah. mm-hmm. style. Bunch of people dropped into an arena. Yep. They can try to get other supplies, whatever. Try to manipulate each other mm-hmm. emotionally to garner sympathy and stuff. From what I understand, there's quite a bit of that in Battle Royale. Yes, I believe so. But really, it's just kill or be killed. Right. Yeah. Have you seen Battle Royale? A million years ago. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I I remember really liking it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do also remember there being a few things. Can, I don't know if you've got this in Go there. Ahead. Do you have a line that somebody says? No, I don't have any lines. You don't have any lines? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe misremember this, but... Ooh, it's just, it's really disturbing. Uh-huh. It's like really disturbing. Do I want to hear it? You may not. Let's skip it. Okay, we'll, we'll skip it. Okay. Maybe I'll say it to you the last thing I say on the show. No, don't. I'll say it post-credits on this week's episode. <laughs> okay, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, all right, so it's a group of, of bad middle schoolers. They're like 15 years old, including the main character, Shuya, and they think that they're going... They're going on a field trip, but instead they are gassed and brought to this island inhabited by soldiers and told that it's battle royale time. Everyone is fitted with explosive collars that will go off if the students are uncooperative or if they enter certain danger zones. And then the kids are given uh, rations, a map. They each get a random weapon, and off we go. Random weapon. Mm-hmm. So you you essentially, like a form of roulette, like you get something good, yeah. you get something bad. Totally. Yeah, they just give them whatever, just kind of in a line, give yeah. them whatever they have. And the head boss of this whole thing, at least on the island, is a teacher named Kitano. Okay. So he was a former teacher at the school who left, and then he like came back basically to do this game, was my understanding. There's a transfer student named Kawada who shows mercy on some people, and it's later revealed that he is the winner of a previous battle royale, where he and his girlfriend were the final two standing, and she sacrificed herself to save him. Hmm. So he volunteered himself for this game uh, with the intention of winning and killing whoever is in charge of this entire thing to avenge her death. This is the other big trope about death games. Mm-hmm. Uh Somebody who wins despite the rules or something, you know, like two people win this time, even though only one's supposed to. Right. And then they go after the game makers. Yes. Yes. But paradoxically, the viewer just wants to see the games. Right. Yeah, that's probably We don't want to see the games dismantled. We want to see the games. Although, so (laughs) I really haven't consumed many death game things at all, I would say. So I'm thinking of Hunger Games a lot, partially because I see the parallels between that and Battle Royale. I do like seeing the um, 
trying to figure out what to do about the bad guys behind the games. It depends. I remember the Hunger sure Games by the third book getting into like it's just a war story. Yes, that I don't. It's enjoy. like there's no big silly arena. And no, the no... first and second, but yeah, by that time it's like a war. What is it? Pan Am. It's like a war torn country yeah. by that point. And I don't want very, that. I don't want that either. But I want to see the silly games. I want to if see you the can silly drag games. the masterminds into the silly games. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I want to see the silly game, but I also like seeing um, like the winner kind of get out and now they're like part of the system and trying to like mess it up from the inside. All that stuff in the Hunger Games is kind of fun. Like we're like yeah. Katniss and Peter are all dressed up and they're going to these things, but like they're really trying to figure out how to take down like President Snow or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right about that. There's just really only one. I'm tra- also speaking very specifically. You know what I mean? Like I like that in Hunger Games. I can't really think of this kind of thing in another thing. I would argue that so. Jurassic Park sort of does that where it's like it's kind of fun to see dinosaurs in a theme park. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it's like, uh oh, this dinosaur is uh, with soldiers now. You're like, I don't care is, about this. Yeah, yeah Jurassic <laughs> and then, Park is wild. I liked the theme park. Totally. You destroyed the theme park. Yes, I don't want to see. Which is what this I'm stuff. here for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like there's only one trajectory for these stories. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's all play the fun, silly game. Yeah. Transcend the silly game. Yeah. Now there are no games, and I don't want. Right, it and like, why are we here? <laughs> why are we here? Then? Yeah, exactly. Because then it's just fighting the president, yeah, or whoever, the boss, the yes. whatever. And it's like, well, I don't want to see no, I don't, that. I don't really care really. about that. Yeah. It's like a completely different genre at that point. Yes. So like, it's not what I signed up for. Um, so this, this part that I just read about his girlfriend sacrificing himself when they were the final two, that in particular really reminded me of the hunger games because that's what happens at spoiler alert, the end of the first one, like, mm-hmm. well, kind of, I, th- I guess they're going to do a they're joint. They're both about to eat poison berries. Yes. Yeah. But it, it's still like, I think it starts out as PETA is going to do it himself or something. Honestly, I'm forgetting this. Don't remember. <laughs> I didn't think about it this deeply until I'm saying it out loud, but I think it was that one of them was going to just take the berries themselves so that the other one could win. Mm-hmm. And then I think that one was like, no, let's do it together. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't really know. Don't, yeah, I don't remember. Don't quote me. Um, but I don't know. It just pinged something in my brain, that part in particular. So they're do- they're doing this this whole thing. All the kids are killing each other and everything. Um, apparently, they kind of held off at first. Like, nobody really wanted to be the first one to go. And then when it became apparent that, like, there's no getting out of this, this is what's happening, then it, like, really kicks everything off. There are some kids who are able to hack into the computer system that controls their collars and controls like a speaker system. And I guess probably walkie talkies between the soldiers and stuff like that. Um, And it causes total chaos, Mm -hmm. which leads Kitano, that boss guy, to reboot the whole system. Oh, okay. (laughs) So using that somehow... On the final day of this, when basically everybody else is killed, everybody's killed each other off, and there are three people left. This is Kawada, who is the guy who was the survivor from the last Battle Royale. Shuya, who was seems like is kind of our main character who we're following. And Noriko, who's one of their friends, wake up on the shore of the island after a bunch of fights and everything. And um, Kawada, knowing that Katano is going to be able to hear them through the microphones that are in their collars, makes it seem like he is killing Shuya and Noriko. Oh, okay. Um, So then Katana, having heard this, shuts down the system because now it's done. There's only one person living Mm -hmm. and we're good to go. Now, remember, William. 
Kawada is long gaming this whole thing for revenge. So he goes to Katano as the victor and it's revealed. And I have to totally admit to you, this is a, a certainly a weak, <laughs> the weakest spot in my research because I don't totally understand what this means. Have okay, I not seen sure. the movie? Um, it turns out that actually Kawada hacked this whole system months ago before any oh, of this really that's started. too complicated yeah so i so it was like so it turns out the hackers from the movie aren't really yeah whatever hacker. i don't really understand but it seemed like it was of consequence yeah sure so i want to mention it um and shuya and noriko pop out along with kawada confronting katano and shuya kills katano oh so they kill the teacher they yep. pretended that they all fought to the death but really three of them survived and killed the big bad guy yeah they, he thought there was just one survivor and it turned out that there were three yeah mm -hmm. um so and there's there's i didn't even write down but there's some sort of like tragic element to it where like katano thought of shuya as kind of his daughter and he has a real daughter who's estranged and <laughs> right, well, it's calls too bad. the estranged daughter or something and Shuya kills him and it all sounded sad. But I bet I, I, I bet good and like affecting and everything. Maybe, yeah. It seems overcomplicated. I, I never want to sympathize. They I do this in the, the Saw movies. I never want to sympathize with the big villain. I know. Uh, there's a lot, or not a ton, but it seems like there's like a decent amount of villain sympathizing in this like they're kind of layers to the villainhood so again i didn't write it down so i don't even know what i'm telling you but like they're you know there's a big bad guy katano there were two students who were basically the craziest of them who it's okay. like oh my god you don't want to run across these Loose because cans. they are going ham in this thing yeah and apparently there's almost kind of like a postscript where you find out that one of those students was like horrifically abused as a child or oh, something great yeah exactly i all my by the way I had seen the trailer for this before in life. Like I'd been aware that this was like a movie people like a lot and I had checked it out and then I'd be like, oh, this isn't my deal. Yeah. Um, reading the synopsis, I was like, confirmed. This is just too much for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, they, you know, they kill the bad guy and the trio leaves the island on a boat with Kawada dying of injury. So Kawada, the, the good guy, uh, he dies of injuries that he sustained during this whole Mishigas, but he dies kind of happy because he feels like mission accomplished. He got to avenge his girlfriend and also he got some sweet friends. Sure. Um, so Shuya and Noriko go on the run as fugitives and the end essentially yeah like i said there's like a postscript that goes into more relationshipy stuff but that's the end of like the story, story this battle royale yeah exactly so there is a ton of controversy around this movie unsurprisingly yeah because about 15 year olds like killing the hell out of each other and um it was released in japan in 2000 and yeah just just a lot of like fervor around it and kind of um back and forth around what to rate it yeah. and stuff like that. And then it wasn't released in the U S until 2011, which I was surprised to hear that wasn't part of like the, the thing around this movie that I was aware of. Um, but it, it had test screenings here in America in the year 2000, but that was around the time of Columbine, um, the Columbine shootings in case anybody, you know, doesn't know um, in 99 or 2000, there was a school shooting that at the time was like the most horrific school shooting in the history of America. And so it really threw a lot of, aside from everything else, but um, entertainment wise, it, it kind of like 
threw a wrench in a lot of things because the lockdown climate, on violence. The climate was like not one where we want lots of like shocking violence, particularly having to do with guns and particularly having to do with kids, like yeah. teenagers and stuff like that. It's part of the reason why Scream Three is so silly mm-hmm. is they swung more toward comedy. Yeah. To survive the time. Yeah, totally. Like it just wasn't yeah. it just wasn't the time. Yeah. Um so it was definitely interesting. It was interesting to to read what it was actually about and everything. Mm-hmm. I totally get why it's like a cult classic. Yeah. It sounds super unique. Yes. And it, and I the thing I always appreciated about it, I, I like these things. You know, there's like this modern trend in some horror movies where it's like, um, what, Groundhog's Day, but horror. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not that Lord of the Flies is some comedy film, but like that. Flies is devastating. Devastating. But like. Battle Royale is almost like a souped up, like on steroids, yeah, yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, it's like Kids. Lord of the Flies like, when you provide them with weapons. Yes, yeah, yeah and you foster a, mm. a, you know, a, a society that celebrates violence. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's interest. It's an interesting story to see mm-hmm. like what people are capable of. Yeah, right. You know, and shocking when those people are kids. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's fascinating, and again, super duper influential Mm -hmm. like across the board but especially in this like relatively niche death game genre and and in researching it um i did find what you said earlier it does seem like a genre that's really popular in japan like even if it's not even like in reality shows like it's not actual death obviously um but like it's a structure that a lot of things follow it's so approachable like i think Mm -hmm. that some of the things that it excels at is like it's any any sort of thing where it's like they say up front like here are the rules yeah there's literally a character there's a mechanism in this genre where somebody goes here's what you can and can't do right and then you get to watch characters poke and prod those rules to find loopholes and like it's very it makes you feel like you're participating and being clever yeah because you kind of can't help but think like well what would i do here or like maybe they could do this it's loosely participatory Mm -hmm. because it's so much fun to watch people and go like i would have done don't do that i would have done the other thing yeah totally like it's very engrossing when it's well done not this but it's something um like what you and i've been watching lately the show taskmaster sure which you and ali hipped me to um it's giving comedians in britain these like very mundane tasks to do but kind of like creating a bunch of barriers around them that makes them really hard yeah and um, part of why it's fun is because you're like puzzling out, like, how could they do this? And in doing that, you're kind of thinking like, well, how would I do that? And yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, it's it's an amazing show. It's all on YouTube. It, yeah. It's a British show. They they tried to do it in America, mm-hmm. um, but it only lasted one season. Okay. It's got Lisa Lampanelli. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to see who else. Just Freddie on. Highmore. That's weird. Very weird. The kid that played Norman Bates on Bates Motel. Yeah, like the the British version. It's all it's a panel of comedians and like game show hosts and stuff. Yeah, Ron Funches, who who fits perfectly. I don't care. Oh yes, I do. Yes, he's incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's a it's it's weird. weird. Uh, And the host of it is Reggie Watts. Oh, okay strange which i mean reggie watts is cool but yeah i mean uh, not to get too in the weeds on taskmaster but the point is part of the point is that the host of that show is judgmental and abrasive yes he's extremely cheeky if ever there was a place for like jane lynch 
And I know she did host oh a million God. game shows, but You're she could be the right. American Taskmaster. Totally, because they like say like crappy things to them and stuff, yes. but it has that air of like we all know what we're doing here yes. and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Wow, you're totally right. Jane Lynch is like perfect for that. But that's also why death games are fun. Like you can see any a game show. Like you can imagine like a horror Taskmaster. Yeah, there's probably like five different ways to approach making a horror Taskmaster. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like it's just so. Uh huh. It's so approachable. Yeah. It's so understandable. The death game genre yeah, yeah uh, and so right. uh this is not quite an ending it's more of a to be continued because Absolutely. from here we're going to take a look at a few that actually do i think do they fit into my categorization next week we're looking at the hunger games well well I which just, is a tournament i changed my mind about something oh i'm gonna throw things for a loop a little bit i was gonna Please. leave i was gonna leave this out um something else that i researched because i realized this isn't a death game this isn't a death game at all it's just something that somebody in our chat said last week. I wrote down to cover, and then I completely just autopilot covered it, not thinking at all about whether this fits or not. Oh. This is the movie Jumanji. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let me confirm something. We're covering death games, and you picked Jumanji? It's a game. I didn't pick it. Somebody wrote it in the chat last week, and I was just writing down what I'm supposed to cover, and I just wrote down Jumanji. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That still means you picked it. Don't, I don't pick blame it. our listeners. <laughs> for, it's true. You're absolutely right. For it's your, true. How dare you? Especially <laughs> with somebody in our Discord. It was no, a paying no, patron? No, it wasn't. It was during the live stream. Oh, it was a live stream. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I was like, some of our closest confidants? No, it's one of our free friends. You throw them under the bus? No, no, you're absolutely right. I did choose it. But I just, I remember last week being like, oh, okay, I have to write down what we're, I'm supposed to cover. I'm supposed to cover uh, <laughs> Battle Royale and Jumanji. And Jumanji. And then I just did it. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought... Oh, this is these are my topics for the week. How big are your notes on Jumanji? Do, 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 uh, not to, uh, on, That's you know so much. It's too long. Well, it's fine. We'll save it. But just everybody know out there. <laughs> I, I just wrote it? the plot of Jumanji. Did he watch it? No. Okay, thank God. Um, if you if you didn't watch <laughs> Battle, Battle Royale, Royale, but you did watch Jumanji. No, I didn't watch Jumanji. I would fire you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your password. I, it occurred to me oh, I don't here. know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think you do, but it's fine. Go ahead. All right, let's see. I don't really remember the first movie, it says here. <laughs> in 1969, a kid named Alan hears the sound of drum beats coming from a construction site where he finds a buried board game called Jumanji, buried 100 years ago. It just keeps going, man. I wrote the plot of Jumanji. Wow. That's all. So just know that. Wow. Okay. I will never emotionally fulfill you. Know that. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Jumanji, a, a dangling Chad to be, <laughs> I guess. You know what? I'll, someday. I'll put it in a, an unused episode. Yeah, pop it in the unused. We'll talk about Jumanji someday. It is weird. It just doesn't belong here. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, I, <laughs> it doesn't at all. Jumanji. No. Do you, real quick, do you remember the... Do you remember there's like a time travel element of Jumanji? They uh, like fix the past to fix the future. Do they? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, that's that's a cliffhanger. I for mean, that's a, neat. A future <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> that's cool. Robin Williams prevents Kirsten Dunn's parents from dying. He does. Yeah. That was nice of him mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, I know. They don't do that in the new ones. No, no. Kevin Hart doesn't do it. He doesn't do shit. No, neither does The Rock. Well, anyway, uh, the rest of this month, we're not watching Jumanji or Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle or <laughs> Jumanji 3. There is another one, right? 
Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, we're going to be uh, next week looking at the Hunger Games, yep. which I've classified as a tournament game. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to be watching Clue, which I've classified as the machination mm-hmm. type of game. And then we are going to conclude the month with Escape Room, which is also a machination. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> Depending on how much you believe in my three pillars I believe perspective, in it. should we pick a third pillar movie? I certainly believe in it wholeheartedly. I don't have the kind of spirit that needs to hit each of them. Okay, fair so enough. That's up to you. Uh, let's hear from the listeners. If you, okay. if how do you feel about my categorization of the death game genre? Yeah. And do you think that since we have three weeks to go in the month, mm-hmm. should we hit one of each? Yeah, shuffle the deck a little. I bit. say we risk losing Escape Room. We're yes. going to stay with Hunger Games and Clue. Yes. Because I think they're both incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think let's I think risk fun to talk about. losing escape room. Yeah, I think that's. But I don't even know what we would put in. Would we put in Predator? <laughs> so... What were some of the other movies that you said you felt like were um, tournament? The most dangerous game in Ready or Not. I'm sure there are others. Oh, you the, know the entire I was point was just this asynchronous mm-hmm. one person against many. Right, right. That was right. really the whole thing. Or or the asynchronous one person against uh, way too powerful mm-hmm. other person. Yeah. So yeah. I was really pulling for ready or not during the formation of our layouts. So I know I'm you were into that. You're into that. All right. I want to hear from other people. Yeah, totally. Uh, let us know what you think. Hit us up at GTTU pod. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed. Yes, and, and definitely. Now that we know what death games are, we're just going to look at some popular death games and, and talk about them starting next week again. Yeah. With the Hunger Games. That's right. Which I think is a pretty meaty topic yeah i know we bandied about privately like whether it was like horror-y enough but like i think it just fits the yeah i do too and, and it's totally it's still it the stark really life or death stakes even if it does get silly i would even argue that some of the sci-fi e stuff mm-hmm. almost dabbles into just like sci-fi horror yeah I there's know. some crazy stuff in hunger games yeah i know i think so too so that's what we're doing next week everybody so if you want to watch the movie watch the movie if you want to read the book read the book yeah um uh we're gonna spoil the whole shebang yes i think by and large so just brace yourselves Mm -hmm. uh but yeah welcome to gametober everybody happy to have you yes with this we really put a stake in the heart of cagetober cagetober is over is never gonna happen again although I was certainly watching another Nicolas Cage movie for the show at some point. Yeah, just for the hell of it, I'll never see one for the rest of my life. Well. Um, I do know that Mandy, Color Out of Space, I do know that there are some Nicolas Cage horror movies that are supposed are. to be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're never going to do that again. Yeah. Cagetober, uh, <laughs> just rest, it out of us. rest in power. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us mm-hmm. at Chillin' Kristen. Yep. At the Myth Traveler at GTTU Pod, Patreon.com slash GTTU Pod. Mm-hmm. In fact, GTTU Pod.com slash links. May as well. To everything. Yep. Every kind of link you can imagine. If you love links, we've got so many. In terms of link, oh, we've got it. In terms of link and in terms of site, so <laughs> it's many. there. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week, everybody, for more death games. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go link. To the arena! To the arena! Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> so let me tell you real quick the gross thing. Oh, right, right. Wait, wasn't this something that I didn't want to hear and so you were telling it at the end so I didn't have to hear it? Or something? I thought we were sparing the listeners so they oh. don't have to hear it if they don't want to. Okay. Here's something gross from Battle Royale.
Okay. It's just gross. It's is it emotionally upsetting? No. Oh, then go ahead. It's just very disturbing. Okay. I, I find it disturbing at least. Mm, all right. We'll see what, how I feel. So there's a, a character. I don't know her name. I, I'm just remembering from watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And she's hunting people, right? And she goes into a house and she just starts being like, I know you're hiding in here. Like, I guess the, the people who are hiding, they like hoped that other bodies might be a decoy. Like, uh-huh. oh, this house already has dead people. Everyone else moved on, whatever. Yeah. But this girl is start stalking into the house and she's so sadistic and sinister. She's like, I know you're in here. Uh-huh. I know that the girl on the ground uh, isn't the only person here. The only the, She's dead. There's other people here hiding somewhere. Do you want to know how I know? And it's so gross. It, 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 I was like, on the one hand, it's like so shocking as a revelation. And on uh-huh. the other hand, I was just like, oh my God. She, the stalker girl, says that she found a tampon uh-huh. in the toilet. And so she checked the dead girl. She wasn't on her period. Oh. So somebody else is hiding here. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is a lot. Like, if the point in the movie was, like, look at how to what extremes these people have been yeah, pushed. Right, I, right, I don't right. know. Like but it was just like. and, like, base. Yeah. Like, just, just. I don't know, just like instinct, like just to see a tampon and then to gather from that, like, okay, I can use I this can extrapolate as whatever. Yeah. Like, and then just the vague, I checked the dead girl, yeah, like, oh my God. Yeah. So that, that really, Yowie. that stuck in the old memory. Yeah. I could see that. I got lodged in there. Yikes. Now I shared it with all of you and thus I am unburdened. <laughs> well, I'm okay. I'm okay. That was, that was fine. That was fine with you? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, sick. I don't think, you're sick. I don't think it's good, but I, I'm glad it's not like, oh, I, my my dead friend, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember any of that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not one relationship. Yeah. At all. That's great. That's great. Yeah, you've been spared except for that one thing. I remember situations. Yeah. You remember situationships. And uh, situationships. Yeah. And things that made me sick to my stomach. That is screwed. <laughs> that, that definitely has to be one of the two girls who I read about. Yeah, the crazy. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something I like of these things where there's like sometimes there's the person who's like, I feel I've become. I know. I feel more myself than I have ever been. <laughs> no, it said like. It said, like, one girl was, like, a friendless girl at school, and the other one was a psychopath. And I was like, wow. A <laughs> they psychopath. really came into their own, I guess, in the Battle Royale. Yeah. <laughs> movie don't create psycho. <laughs> psycho create movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>